And I think, you know, what's funny about me is uh, I'm similar in the sense of it doesn't really necessarily prompt a heightened level of goal creation, but the reflectiveness of what did 2021 happen? Um, the question that we're going to ask at the end too, with, you know, imagine it was the end of the year type thing. Those kinds of questions create uh, direction. I think from that's what, that's the word that I, that I pinpointed the other day is that all of this is just creating direction. And that's the most important part. I think having a goal or having a resolution or whatever are great ideas, but are they creating a direction for you? Do they create direction? Is your character being directed in a certain way? Is your life and your relationships and your work and whatever that you're doing is, is there direction there? Direction, I think, really saves a lot of our, of our time, a lot of our lives, is are we feeling directive in where we're going? Welcome back, everyone, to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on, everyone? What's going on? Welcome back to the official first episode of 2022 from the Modern Masculinity Family. I'm your co-host, CK, aka Coach Kyle. It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. And our first episode coming into you with January is going to be a New Year's episode. I think that's only fitting to talk about the new year, to, but most importantly, to reflect on last year. I think that 2021 was a huge year for a lot of people, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of challenges, a lot of growth. And we grew so much in the process of this podcast and personally as men. And so we want to talk about that and then just kind of give a good context as to what's headed for us in 2022. Uh, I remember seeing this meme the other day and it said 2022 is saying like, you know, it's 2022, like it's another version of 2020. And I was just, it blew me away. Anyways, I I couldn't believe that, but I just wanted to share that because I think a lot of people are like, okay, this is not going to be a new year. And I'm like, yes, it is. Don't call it 2022. 2022. That's the number. That's the number. That's the number. Before we get into today's podcast, though, you know what time it is. It's Check. What's going on, <laughs> CK? What's going on, Coach Carl? How you doing today, man? How's your mood? Uh, feels good to be back. You know, we took a bit of a, of a recording break there for a bit, and it, it feels nice. The first actual recording of the new year. It feels nice to be back. Feels nice to be doing this. I'm ready. I woke up. I was definitely tired this morning for sure, but I hopped in that cold shower and I came out like a new man. I felt like a new man. I was ready. I was excited. I love recording these episodes. And I think just new year episodes are so powerful. They make you think about so much about your life and about your character and everything that you were able to accomplish. And, you know, we're going to talk about new year's resolutions here in a bit, but I just, I feel I feel energized is the is my mood 
today. I feel very energized. You got all the new gear too. Look at you. Santa came, Santa came through, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, for a lot of people listening, we got some big things coming for you. So we're trying to elevate uh, as quick as we can. But I got new headphones. I got a new USB setup. I got a new webcam. We are ready. We are ready for what's coming in the future. So uh, I feel great. And that, that makes it easy too, right? To be able to come on here and say, you know, I got all the gear. It makes it even more. It's like going to the gym with your new fit. It's the same thing, you know? There you go. All, all, all systems say move forward. All systems say move forward. How's your mood, Bobby? Mood check. That's great, man. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you uh, got your new gear. You look inspired. You look clear as hell. This webcam's doing you <laughs> wonders. I got I to gotta elevate my stuff here now. I'm looking, looking like I'm lagging behind, but I'm doing good, man. I uh, flew out to Vancouver for the break. Um, bit of a rocky start to the break for me and got hit with COVID. So Damn. Uh, isolated and had to kind of navigate those waters and you know, it's uh, for anyone else else out there that's got COVID, you know, I hope you're doing well. And um, it was definitely, I'm not used to being sick. So just, just yeah. feeling such a fatigue and feeling so sluggish. And um, I guess the saving grace was that I was a break. Uh, I wasn't doing my normal busy schedule. So I actually had the time to kind of decompress and just allow my body to, you know, recover. Uh, mm. And then I did fly to see my sisters and my family. And, and so uh, had some support in terms of kind of getting food and nutrition and didn't have to really think much. I could just kind of be sick and get well. So, um, mm. it kind of worked out in a, in a weird way. Uh, did sleep a lot. Watched, I started watching game of Thrones. Uh, thank you guys for, um, you know, keeping that in the dark. What a show. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. It's been a good break. I'm excited to get back into it. Excited to get back into the routines and what a great way to start the thought process of getting back into routines with a new year's conversation, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, I, I always love this kind of time where you're turning the page, but, um, the twenties have been, the twenties have been brutal. Let's say that much. Let's hope that the 22 <laughs> is, is the, is the number because 20 and 21 were, um, years that we probably want to put behind us. So hopefully 22 mm -hmm. is 22 has got the good luck. Good, mm -hmm. good aura. What do you always say? You say 2020 was uh the injury and then 2021 was the rehab yeah so and, that's and so this means what 2022 is what back back we're like back we're back on that court MVP seasons this is yeah back to you know playing at the uh playing at full strength you know um mm. I think that there's always, you know, there's so much you can learn about injuries because they're, you can't force the process. You can't force them. They have to heal on their own. You got to deploy a lot of patience. Um, and I liked, I liked using that metaphor for the pandemic because it was kind of like, we're kind of restricted, but you want to go, you know, mm -hmm. you feel like you can go, but mm -hmm. you know, you have to manage your time and manage the the efforts and you know even though you're feeling great that's great that you're getting through those exercises but you can't go more um, and so I feel like the world has been very much like that it's been you're kind of free but you're kind of not you know we're still kind of following a lot of rules uh, live your best life but wear this mask you know <laughs> travel but quarantine for nine days like there's all these <laughs> restrictions to what you can do so you have to kind of I guess pick your poison um, and so I'm hoping that you know this next year and this this new series of um omicron has shown us that the world has changed on how they view the pandemic it's been i feel like a bit less of a dramatic response than the first time the covid where everyone was mm -hmm. locked down you can't leave your house now it was even like even when i got it um 
the mm-hmm. people that I was on the phone with, they were saying like, if people in your household have, are double vaccinated and don't have symptoms, they don't need to isolate until they maybe see that they have symptoms, then they, you know, can get tested and see things like that. Where I think before it was like, if you were even remotely close to somebody who it was like, right. shut it down, you know, yeah. you can't even do anything. And so just the leniency on some of those, like the way that you phrased it, I was like, okay, this doesn't seem as serious as it was before. It was almost like a bunch of people are going to get this. You're going to get sick. If you get sick, chill out. If you mm-hmm. don't, you can continue to live your life, but make sure you monitor um, your symptoms if you've been around somebody um, that's sick. So um, I'm hoping 2020, we just can put a huge chunk of this behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, come back here for sure. Yes, sir. Big 22. And, and I, from what I know, we've talked a lot about it. You were sick when you went back for the holidays, but you don't actually celebrate Christmas, right? Celebrate Christmas isn't in your uh, family. No, I'm Muslim. So um, we don't celebrate Christmas. Um, we have our own celebrations. You know, my mom did her best to, you know, incorporate something that kind of felt like Christmas. So we have mm-hmm. two different Eids. Uh, so there's two Eids in the Islamic religion. And my mom would make those holidays feel like Christmas for us uh, being North American kids. So we would just say like, oh, our Christmas is coming. Like when we were younger, we would just say like our Christmas is coming. And she would do the wrapping the presents and putting them in a certain area of the house. And she made it feel like we had a Christmas. So I never really felt deprived of Christmas um, just because it was just on a different date. That's how I Mm -hmm. kind of felt about it. But yeah, to your point, I don't celebrate Christmas. So it's really more so a time that uh, it's more so a resting time for me and a time for everyone else is really happy. So it's a great time just in general. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not really sending out too many Merry Christmas things. And I'm not really, mm. sometimes when I'm more around the boys or um, we right. do secret Santas and things like that. And I, I partake in those, those capacities, but I'm not in the mall. I'm not in those lines. I'm not, I don't have Christmas stress. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, I was going to ask how you spend that time because obviously the world decides to shut down and says, you know, even, whether you do or don't, this is a time you have to take off, which is a little interesting in and of itself and a different uh, topic at hand. But uh, obviously having that extra time, it's like, how do I spend this if I'm not actually celebrating this holiday? So I appreciate you sharing. And obviously for you, like you said, you get to take it as a rest time, which is lovely, uh, but you also get to thrive off the energy that everyone else seems to have wherever they are and wherever they go the energy of excitement and joy and just anticipation of christmas day finally arriving so at least you get to feed a bit off of that but i can imagine that when that year kind of comes around it's kind of like well you know what do we what, what do i do like you always have to decide like what do i do because there's not anything that's really going to be there i guess it must find, it must feel a little weird sometimes yeah i know definitely but as i as i as i get older what more do we want than a break? You know what I mean? Like, I feel True. like that is, I'm, I'm just want to give me a couple of days off here, mate. Um, I'm all, I'm all good. I'm all ears. I'll find well a way said. to reset and figure it out. But I think, yeah, when you're younger, you're, you seek out other traditions and stuff like that. I used to, I used to go to a high school with um, a massive Jewish community and we would like have like our own traditions where we watched, you know, a big basketball tradition, a big, you know, tradition for me is watching NBA basketball, NBA, uh, mm-hmm. Christmas day, tons of games. Um, and then going to like the movie theaters at nighttime. Mm-hmm. That was typically like my Christmas day, how I, I would spend it. That was a, a tradition that we kind of formulated, but now I'm like happy to just put in 12 hours of sleep. Yeah, true. <laughs> Being adult, such a different life. Ah, I love it. All right. Well, let's get into today's episode because we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to share and it's just a, it's a really exciting episode. I think one of the things that really comes to light when this episode releases, you know, that's the official year mark of released episodes. I think that 
in 2021, we released our trailer on the, on the 13th of January, I think it was. And it's just so wild, absolutely insane to think that we have officially passed a year. I think sometimes it feels shorter. Um, sometimes it feels longer. You know, sometimes it feels like we've been at it for three years, uh, but we have officially, everyone, we have officially hit the one-year mark of released podcast episodes for modern masculinity. Whew. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Such a milestone. We're so grateful to be sitting here and be, to be able to say that. I think I have been witness to a lot of podcasts and a lot of um, audio spaces closing and shutting down. And the pandemic really puts a lot of pressure on people in different ways. So to stay consistent in these areas is difficult and is a challenge. And you know, one of the biggest things that we faced was that I moved out of the uh, city, right? I moved from Toronto to Calgary. And that felt like it was going to put a lot of strain on the podcast. And we really were like, we're still going to do this and it's still going to work, but it's going to be completely different. And, you know, flourishing from there and thriving through that, adapting to those changes. Just what a year, what a year. And I'm so grateful to be able, like I said, to sit here and say all of this. So just quickly, before we reflect on the podcast, just want to let you all know, we have officially hit 6,300 downloads in one year, 6,300. That is insane. I remember when we hit five, I was like, I didn't even think we would hit five, let alone 6,300 in a year. Like, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Wild. It's um, to, 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 to know. And obviously, you know, we're, we're still working on our craft and we're still figuring out, like, you know, what are the sweet spots? And, you know, is it, mm -hmm. is it a 40 minute podcast? Is it an hour and 30? <laughs> is it, do you just want to talk until you're exhausted? And um, to, to know that there's that many people that um, are, are, are rocking with us sometimes for like, you know, hour episodes, you know, hour and a half episodes. It just, you know, we don't take it for granted. We, we know that you, you, time is valuable you get 24 hours in a day you spend an hour with us a week mm -hmm. you know we don't take that for granted we understand how precious that time is and um we thank you um because those listens and those downloads and those and those numbers just allow us to you know put what we're going through aside and continue to show up every single day because we know that there is people that you know are listening and are, and are tuning in so you know, that number is, you know, at the end of the day, numbers are really just numbers. Um, mm -hmm. But, and you shouldn't, you know, do things because of a, a monetary return or, you know, a, a follower count or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, numbers are a good way to reflect and benchmark where you're at and what you're doing um, and to show gratitude um, to the people that are tuning in, to the people that are listening. Um, and to those, uh, those, those, those really loyal fans that I know that, you know, you message us and all those kind of things. Uh, this is, I guess, uh, a very great way to mention a milestone, but then ultimately a, a, an even better way to say thank you. So thank you 100%. so much. Absolutely. A amen. I echo that statement. And to add to the downloads, you know, like he said, we're, we're doing our best to have the widest reach possible. We're constantly trying to reach more men, have more men in this space and just create a, a grander community because, you know, our year one was really a test year for us. It was really a trial year. And I think it felt sometimes like it was not that it was like, we're performing, we're, we're great at this, we're aces, we got this, um, but really it was a test year. And, you know, we just had a conversation about this the other day about how uh, it, we're really just trial and erroring a lot of this stuff right now. 
we're really in that phase of, is this working? Is this not working? How can we shift that? Should we shift that? Oh, this is not working. Change it overnight. Like all of these things are constantly moving and our adaptability has been insane. And I think that a lot of people have been receptive to that. And we really appreciate that. And that widespread aspect of it all, we, we, we follow, we get the opportunity to follow a lot of where you guys are downloading from. And some places just blow me away. I think I was like, yeah, we'll get, you know, a lot of Canadian fans. Like we'll have Calgarians because that's where I'm from. We'll have Toronto. We'll have Winnipeg. Like we'll have these places. Uh, but I didn't think that we would have the 10th most downloaded place be Kingdom of Sweden. Did not see that coming. The ninth being Ireland, then India, Singapore, South Africa, like Spain. Our voices, can you believe that? Our voices have been heard in Sweden and in India, in Singapore. The wildest one the other day for me was Latvia. Our voices have been heard. People know who we are in Latvia. Can you believe that? The new world we live in, man. I mean, technology has really shown us that, you know, if you can commit to what you want to do, your reach is now endless, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think the hardest part is like finding something that you are passionate enough about that you want to share. You know, mm -hmm. I think that reaching people and connecting with people, we've completely changed the ballpark on that. Like, you know, I think that it's, we got the internet to thank for that, you know, and technology and Apple podcasts and Spotify, Apple podcast, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, these platforms that continue to allow human beings, individuals to, you know, have a bigger impact and a bigger influence and a bigger reach. And so, always shocking to see you know that download in the philippines and you know um i know i know there's probably a couple of boys of mine down in australia that listen so that's where, mm -hmm. where the australian comes from but you know nigeria yeah. downloads and like it's just like what what is going on like that is that that's cool that that's inspiring 100 percent, yeah and that's what i think a lot of times even if it was uh 3000 downloads but we had one download in in south africa or one download in india i'd be like whoa like we're finding a way to reach over there it would keep me going and does keep me going all of the time. So for everyone that's listening across the world, again, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. It is incredible that you are willing to listen to our voices, our smooth jazzy voices for an hour or two, an hour and a half. So thank you. Uh, with that being said, let me ask you a question. We are now releasing, this will be episode 46. So we released 45 episodes in, by the end of the year last year what was your favorite episode what episode did you like the most what did which one stood out and you were like yes that's the one for me i loved recording that episode bit of a curveball wasn't expecting that question i got to go through the catalog <laughs> um i know one of the more original episodes that we recorded that i really enjoyed was um the who is simba's father yes. i really I, one of the OG episodes, I think it was episode two. Yes. Um, just the concept of that episode, I thought was super unique and just kind of, kind of just showed like that um, there's masculinity isn't just one thing, right? Like here's a, here's a, here's a, you know, Simba baby lion who, you know, wasn't necessarily raised directly by his dad, but had influences from his dad and then got, you know, had friends that, you know, inspired and motivated him and then had, you know, um, a companion in Nala that, you know, inspired him and then had his mom like, and, and ultimately became that man, you know, became a fully expressed man and went back and, you know, let his, let his, um, led the jungle but it's just like it just goes to show like 
we all have these, some of us have fathers in our life. Some of us have mothers in our life. Some of us have friends in our life. It just, what I liked about that episode is it reflected that you could become something without all the right bolts and pieces. You just got to, got to find it a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the big part about that movie too, is that he has to leave pride rock to come back to pride rock. Right. Which I right. think that that really resembles a very good practice that we try to practice is, you know, getting out of the the storm and just like figuring out who you are and then get back into it, you know? Um, so I really, really enjoyed the concept of that episode. I think we were obviously very novice at the time. So right. I don't know what we were saying and how, how much it landed, <laughs> but when I reflect on like the brainstorming and coming up with that episode and the ideas yes. that we had and like how we wanted it to land, um, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, even when we came up with the title, I was just like sick. You yeah. Know? So that was, <laughs> um, that was definitely one of my favorite, I guess, concepts uh, and, and ideas of a podcast. Um, but some of the podcasts that we recorded about ego, um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed. And then, a, uh, you know, a, a kind of secret one that, you know, I kind of I kind of enjoyed was um, I kind of uh, what would it be? I think it was the I think it was called like hashtag not all men. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, that one I enjoyed too, because of just like, it was about shifting perspective. And I thought we did a really good job of sharing and shifting a narrative that, you know, and in this world that we live in now with cancel culture and all of that. And, you know, the, the fact that something like that would come out, it's like, yes, there's validity to hashtag not all men, but more importantly, gentlemen, there's this, right. And I thought that, you know, in that episode, we did a really good job of, you know, taking something honoring what was being said by one side but reflecting and deflecting it back to you know what we thought was the real purpose of that conversation Mm -hmm. Um, and i thought that that and it was very timely too it was very like happening in the moment so just our ability to kind of adapt to something that was happening in the moment speak about it and use our voices to kind of shift perspective um i thought that that was you know a really solid episode for us too so those would probably be mine Mm. love that it's so fun reflecting on the the podcast episodes even when i was going through them, it was just, it, it amazes me on how many things we talked about in one year, all of the concepts that we addressed, all of the things that we tried to reframe and open the fields of perspective on just absolutely incredible. How our creative brains to, to reflect on that and to own that and to be like, you know, wow, like we really did such a great job this year and, and talking about a lot of great things. But for me, favorite episode, honestly, it, it aligns with yours, with the, who is Simba's father. I agree. I think that that was our best episode, a concept. And whether we were novices or not, just the idea of that coming to fruition for us was huge. I think we, maybe we should record a who is a Simba's father too, just to see, you know, what comes up. And now that we've established such a, such a foundation and a groundwork for who we are as men and our experiences and all of the things that we've learned over the year, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then you know, one of the ones that all y'all who are listening right now really like is that spirituality conversation where there was myself, Anwar and Chris, our producer, y'all really seem to like that episode. And that I don't think necessarily caught us off guard. We just didn't expect it. It was very interesting to see all of you download that one quite a lot. One of the ones that you like the most. So I think that's really fascinating. And I love that because I love those conversations. And that one was just so open and honest and vulnerable. I think that was one of our, our, our best conversations we have had on the episode or on the podcast. And then I would say the guest episode of Addison. 
I think that having him on Addison, for those that don't know, uh, was with Tether and he came on the episode and just had just the rawest vulnerability, I think, that we've had on the episode and we've been able to, to collaborate with. And the lessons that I took from him sit with me today. That was like halfway through the year last year. And it still sits with me in this idea of honoring my experience. That's what I learned from him, honor my experience. And just instead of trying to fix it, and it was it was just so powerful. And that one will sit with me for a really long time. So I'm really, really grateful that the podcast has allowed us to meet such incredible people and to have them be willing to come and talk to us, right? Like they feel as if we are worthy enough to come and have a conversation with us. And that just speaks so much to who we are and our character. And I'm just so grateful. So those were, those were my favorite episodes for sure. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that conversation with Addison too. I think that that conversation with Addison was a very, um, a very in your face mental health conversation, you know, yeah. and uh, we address it was kind of the conversation naturally just, you know, address that the massive elephant in the room um, of, you know, men's mental health and, you know, being able to kind of overcome that. And, um, you know, I think Addison, obviously, all the work that he's done in the space, he just articulated it so well, um, so beautifully, he had so many good examples. And, I, I, the things, the things that he said kind of stick with me in that conversation as well, too. And it was a good, it was the first time, you know, we had a guest where it was like, oh, this is what it could be like, you mm. know, because uh, at, at this point we hadn't had lots of guests on the show yet and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, as a first guest, it was just one of those really cool opportunities to get to meet a new person, understand that, you know, what we're talking about isn't landing on deaf ears. There's other experiences out there that are, you know, you know, thankful for these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation too. And uh, shout out to Amanda Chen also. Mm. I thought that her episode was um, one of those when you talk about takeaways. Um, she actually made me want to, you know, re-engage and fix my relationship with my father. So, you know, for, for an individual to come into a space like this, speak and, you know, actually create movement and action. Um, she really made me have to think about like, okay, well, what is the riff right now here? Mm-hmm. And is it do I care about how it went wrong more than I care about fixing it? Or do I care about fixing it more than how, what went wrong? Um, And, you know, she didn't, I would just say she was a healthy nudge for me to go back to that part of my brain and be like, what are we doing here about this situation? Uh, And the conclusions of that was like, I think I'm actually ready to mend uh, and, and, you know, figure out what, you know, further progress is Um, knowing, you know, that there's people in this world that don't have a father who can't speak to their father. Um, Maybe they're, you know, their father's in their life or has passed away or whatever the case may be. And here I am, my father's still around. We're just, we just don't see things eye to eye, you know, it's like, okay. Um, but let's, 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 let's have a maturing process here and see if we can, you know, go back into there and see if we can fix things. So, mm. um, shout out to her for, you know, mm. being able to, you know, speak in such a powerful way that actually created action. And so, um, Amen. that was an episode that also made me do something about my life, which was really cool. Mm. Love that. Absolutely. That, that was great. Thanks for sharing that, that openness and that honesty. I think that's what we're always trying to strive with this and every single episode that we ever release for all of you to listen to is, are we prompting some sort of forward momentum? Are we creating a perspective that creates change and prom- even just prompts change? Maybe it doesn't say change today, but maybe change in the, in the future. That's the goal. That's always the goal. So to have somebody come on and do that for us is, is, more than we could ever ask for. So that was huge. Absolutely.
My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like I said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts, they're sharing blog posts. It is a really powerful space. So we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and Google store. It is Tether, T-E-T-H-R, available on both app stores. Join the community. I promise you will not regret it. So the question I think that a lot of people are wondering and I know that we've reflected on already. So uh, with podcasting for a year on the concept of men, right? We're men. We live our lives as men. We lived our whole lives as men. We know what the man experience is like. And now we've done a podcast for an entire year trying to help redefine and unpack what it means to be a man and what masculinity means and how to go about moving the needle forward as far as the difference between, you know, healthy versus unhealthy masculinity and uh, being what the definition of a man is and just try, trying to develop ourselves into the best human possible. We've done one full year. We've technically done a year and a half of this research. What has been some of your biggest challenges that you have faced or biggest struggles that you faced in the last year in regards to this podcast and as like a man in, the, in this space? Because I think that while we are talking about the man experience, we're also learning a lot about our own experience, which has really stretched us and really expand us uh, into different areas we didn't see coming. So I'll leave that question with you first. I'll answer after what, what was some of your biggest challenges or struggles that you faced with the podcast and then with personally? Yeah, I think that the biggest challenge that I faced uh, within the podcast was not necessarily, I guess, tackling the the topics. I thought that that was cool. That was interesting. It gave us perspective when you have to go do a deep dive on father wounds and mm. unavailable parents and attachment styles and toxic masculinity. Naturally, going into these spaces, you have to um, hold the mirror up to yourself and reflect: Are you are you a part of this? Are you either suffering from this, or are you? Uh, contributing to toxic masculinity? Are you, you know, so in doing the research, there was a lot of, you know, reflecting on, you know, how I'm acting and who I want to be as a man and things like that. So um, I thought that the research side of things was interesting. I think the biggest challenge was the burden of doing a deep dive on this that kind of stuff on a weekly basis and, mm. and trying to manage your energy moving forward. You know, I think that we often try to, we even would say like, should we do a lighter topic? Because yeah. this is heavy, like four weeks in a row of heavy content. Um, and what, what happens is just like, for example, typically we'd record on like a Sunday and, you know, we'd go into, you know, a very emotional place. You'd go get into, you know, some topics that, you know, maybe you've never un, you know, I've uncovered before, or, you know, you don't know what's going to come up for you when you, when you go into the deep dive and when you start talking. And then now like, for example, for me, my job is predicated 100% on optimism. You got to believe that like 
it's always something because bad's going to happen in my job. So you need to be like two times as optimistic um, as you are pessimistic. Um, and so when you're, and I would love to see what like, you know, a psychologist would say about this, but I think that like paying too much attention, being too aware of all the things that are wrong with you is detrimental. I think at some capacity to, you know, being able to just kind of move forward. Cause if you're constantly just seeing, I'm like this because of this. I'm like this because of that. Um, this is going on in my life. So I, I'm suffering from this. Like I think doing it too much and being too in that space doesn't allow you to kind of just take that step away and just focus on like, okay, well, what's the forward progression of this? What's the optimism that you need to kind of tackle something like this? So I think that that was definitely a huge challenge for me was visiting such heavy content, doing it on a weekly basis um, and uh, having to kind of just like snap out of it and now you know, say we record Sunday uh, in the morning. Now I got to somehow shift my energy the whole entire day to get back to like back on mm -hmm. track, you know, and, and, and get back to like, you know, having a great Sunday so I can have a wicked week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that would definitely, that was definitely the biggest challenge for me, I think in, in doing this podcast and um, coming up with, you know, um, topics and things like that. So that was probably definitely my biggest challenge. I would say, what about yourself? Mm. I love that. Yeah. Just before I answer, I think that, one thing to note for everyone that's listening is as he was saying those things, we've addressed all of that, right? Like we have worked through and adapted to all of those feelings. The heaviness of the topic forces you to go to a heavy place within yourself and a heavy place in your life. And that is hard to do. Uh, and that has been quite exhausting for us to go in those spaces and that week to week basis. That was one of the reasons why we moved to biweekly uh, episode releases is because we wanted to be able to uh, not only show up better for all of you, but to also show up better for ourselves in our own life and having those heavy, deep conversations definitely takes a toll and you have, you know, vulnerability hangovers that last 24 hours and it can be hard and it was hard. So I appreciate you sharing that difficulty because uh, I can imagine that uh, it's not easy to dive into that space. For me, the biggest challenge was, I think similar in the sense of uh, kind of going to those dark places um, or not dark places, just those shadowy, heavy places. For the podcast specifically, I think it was not contorting ourselves to what other people might want and staying true and aligned with what we are and who we are and how we want to run this podcast. And I think that it's easy to, to adjust in the sense of little changes here and there to make it better. But as far as concept goes, as far as how we interact and how we speak, I really felt a lot of times like I was needing to put on a show for other people in order for them to like me on the podcast, because they were going to listen to me at home um, and to like us, to like our podcast. And that put me in, in a space sometimes of, am I performing in a way that people like? And that was the biggest challenge for me. And I was constantly reflecting on that. Every episode we had is, am I, am I performing in a way that is true to me? Or am I performing in a way that is contorted and designed to make other people happy? And that was, that was a hard journey. That was a hard journey. I listened, I listened back to some of the episodes early on uh, and I can hear some of that for sure. I can hear some of that person that I was trying to be, not the person that I am. And so I think that was my, my personal biggest challenge or struggle with the podcast is can I stay true to me? Can we stay true to us? And can that work? You know, so it, it, sometimes it's the, more of the question. It's, yeah, I can be me, but will it work? Like, are we good enough? Is this good enough? 
that idea of worthiness is a, is a difficult challenge. So that's for me. That one, that one was for me. Yes. Staying authentic is, uh, is not, is not easy when you're, when you're also struggling with the, am I enough concept, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that that's something that, you know, could be unpackaged in a whole another different conversation. But I think that some of the limitations to being yourself and being authentic is the fact that you're, you're also struggling with self-confidence and are you even enough, you know? So it's like, um, I would rather somebody like me for who I am, um, this is long-term, right? We do this and we do this in dating. We compromise who we are in dating. We find partners and when we're acting one way, they like right. you for that way that you acted. And now mm-hmm. you got to hold that torch. You know, how long can you show up every single day, put the mask on, put the mask on, put the mask on. I think that you get to a certain age, um, you know, I think your 20s are a good time where you figure out what mask you're putting on, what you're getting from that mask, then you put it down, you pick up another one, so far and so forth. But as you get older and you start to kind of, you know, go a little bit more inside, a little bit more internal, you realize that the real relationships in your life are the ones where you're 100% trying to be yourself. And these people are like, yeah, that's the version of you that I like. So, mm. you know, and it's not any different in a podcast. It's not any different in a creative outlet or in a creative space. So, that definitely definitely can align with that and i i think that for myself i probably did a little bit of that too um trying to figure out two in your head you know yes. how, does, how does the world want you to answer this question you know yes. what would be the political and then now we live in such a cancel culture and all of those kind of things too so it's like you're you're even extra living on eggshells you know it's right like, being honest is scary sometimes especially with that cancel culture you're right you're just scared to take a step left or take a step right. So, you know, you play it real safe. You play it dead in the middle. Um, and when you're trying to be vulnerable, when you're trying to you're trying to set an example of what, you know, sharing your thoughts is like, what an example of authenticity is, mm-hmm. um, it, it adds an even bigger pressure. Um, and then something that, you know, I would add to the authenticity is, you know, how much of how much how much of your life do you want to be public? You know, mm-hmm. It's like coming into this space, coming into a place where, you know, you're trying to be as open and as honest as possible to help people find their truth. Um, how much of that, you know, do you want to unveil, right? Um, this ultimately isn't a therapy session. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you aren't a therapist. I'm not a therapist. So we're sharing enough to, you know, give that person some perspective on, you know, why I think this way or why I do this or why I'm struggling with this without kind of, you know, unveiling the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and really trying to find that, that yin and yang, especially when you get into story times and, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes you want to say a name, but you, it comes out. And it, so that was all kind of just, you know, some of the challenges of just like, okay, how can I get the story across without giving up too much, um, mm-hmm. and still having some privacy in my own life. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of echoes the 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 authenticity section too, because you know if you're telling a story that isn't 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 really true, then you're kind of out of alignment there, right? So, a hundred percent, yeah, that 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 was a difficulty and a challenge for sure, uh, and one that really you know hit me in the face a few times for sure is is this idea of. You know, I think that a lot of old, older cultures and generations, they do have a bit of a, of a struggle with making things publicly known, right? So I think we're breeding a new culture where things are just set and things are owned and things are shared. And that's just how it goes uh, because that's what we're living in now. It's a time of, of brutal honesty. And so through this process of this podcast, yeah, it's really, it's really taught us like, what are we not owning? What are we not facing? 
what are we not willing to talk about? And why is that? You know, we're having these conversations and then we block it. I've done that a few times because I was fearful of what the repercussions might be of sharing some things and sharing my feelings, not necessarily about other people, just sharing my feelings. So I think it's a really fascinating concept and one that we're continuing to learn and own and be better at. And I am really grateful for this podcast because of all of the things that it did teach me. And that kind of leads into the second part of this question, which is, through this podcast and through this year of podcasting about men and masculinity, uh, what did you learn about yourself in the process as a man? I think that's a, for me, it's, it's just how to vocalize and how to address how I'm feeling, you know, everything mm -hmm. from the mood check to the actual topic, you know, I've never been forced this much to like, just address how I'm feeling, you know, mm -hmm. just sit in it. You know, mm -hmm. and I've had a hard year. 2021 was not a, um, it, you know, to, to, to coin my good friend here, CK, it was brutal. You know, like there was a lot of, you know, opportunity for breakthroughs, but like it was the getting to the breakthrough was just like very difficult, you know. And so I found myself in a lot of, uh, I found myself in places where, you know, I just wasn't feeling confident, um, a lot of doubt not trusting the process, um, not, not really seeing why I'm doing things, um, uh, like losing your purpose or your why. Um, and so when you're, when you're in those places and I got to hop on a podcast and Kyle's like, how are you feeling today, man? What's your mood? <laughs> easily. I could lie. I could easily just be like, I don't want to say how I'm feeling, you know, but addressing it, leaning into it, saying it, even just mentioning like, yeah, you know, just, just, just opening up and owning it a good way good word you just used owning how i'm feeling and vocalizing how i'm feeling is really taught me of just like how to accept that like you're not going to be great all the time you know this is just not you know my little sister said something incredible to me while i was here you know and you know it was very eye-opening and uh also shout out to like i don't know if anybody like when you have a younger sibling that starts giving you advice it's like probably one of the coolest things ever <laughs> because they you see him as a you know a young child for so long and you know you're there you're the oldest and whatever and and then out of nowhere you know you realize okay holy you're 25 now like you know yeah. you you have real thoughts you have real you you deal with real struggles you manage you know your own thing and you know we were really we're really good friends so it's you know i can just kind of say to her how i'm feeling or whatever but it was really cool to hear how she approached the conversation her listening skills the advice that she gave me back and uh, one of the things that she said to me was that just just because you're you're feeling this doesn't mean you're not that and mm. that was really cool because it's it's how it feels right when you feel like you're not confident then in your mind you're not a confident person right right and what she was trying to address to me and tell me was that just because you're feeling like you're not confident and you're doing these things doesn't mean that you're not brilliant and smart and confident you mm. still are those things this doesn't mean that this, they're not correlated like that. That's how you're feeling. It doesn't mean you're not a confident person. So Amen. don't take how you're feeling too, too personally, you know, and that was no one really, I never had really heard it in that order. And I was like, you know, yeah, you know who I was, that socialite. One of the things I talked about is I was massively a social person before, like, you know, had a lot of, had a massive friend group, you know, would keep in contact with all my friends was someone that, you know, uh, for a lack of a better way of explaining it, my phone used to ring all the time. I used to FaceTime like a billion people. And then in 2021, I haven't talked to a damn soul. Like I haven't, I haven't reached out to people. I haven't talked to people. I've been in my own storm. I've been in my own mess. And that's made me feel like 
I'm losing my social skills. I'm not mm-hmm. social anymore. I'm not a social person because of how life is kind of shown. And, you know, and her saying that essentially what she was saying is just because you're trying to tackle these things does not make you a not social person. You're still a social person. You're mm-hmm. still a confident person. You're still all those things that you were. You just are now dealing and facing with these things. And that I thought was very telling. So, you know, kudos to her. That's very good advice. I love that. That's great. There's so much in there. And I think that uh, I resonate so deeply with the idea of just being forced to be in my feelings in a way, you know, uh, we're such men are such um, logical thinkers. We're always looking in the direction of somewhere and it's almost always in the future. We're always looking forward. And so to be forced to be able to recognize all of our feelings, I think for me uh, has revolutionized my my life to be honest with you this idea of, of constantly doing a mood check with myself and and just allowing it to be what it is is i think a lot of times honestly it felt useless truth be told i think sometimes recognizing and acknowledging my feelings feels feels has felt and sometimes does still feel like a waste of my time why don't i just not recognize this feeling and go get shit done you know that's what i that's what so much of what i live in and so let's just move beyond it. So recognizing it's like, well, I have to go do something about it anyway. So why not just go do something about it? And it ends up turning into suppression, which I didn't even realize. So I'm so grateful that when we were brainstorming at the beginning of all of our podcasting creation, that you had this idea come to you about a mood check, because that's been the pinnacle of this podcast. And just speaks exactly to what you um, just shared as your biggest growth process through this podcast as a man. That's huge. That's huge. For me, uh, how did I grow or what did I learn about myself in the process of this podcasting as a man? I would say that the biggest thing that I've learned about myself is that my character comes and matters more than my career. Because the character is what's going to create that for me. And I didn't really realize this at the beginning when we were podcasting. I was like, oh, you know, we're just podcasters. It's, it's um, what is this? This is not really going to open up doorways for me. Um, and so I was trying to process that and, and go throughout the year. And, and so much showed up for me in the process of doing this work with you. And I think that that is what really catapulted me into my life that I live now is that the work that you and I were willing to do personally and the work we were able to do inner work I'm speaking about through this podcast taught me so much about what my character is, who I actually am, and what I actually want to present to the world outside of my credentials, before my credentials, before what my career might be. And uh, I think that was very eye-opening for me because I always believed it was the opposite, that I needed to have the career in order to have the character. Um, but it, it actually proved wrong because I didn't really have much of what I would call a career in 2021. Um, I was just doing a lot of different things. And then sure enough, in 2022, everything has shown up for me just based on the idea that I'm doing all of this great work with you. And this podcast has given me the opportunity to do all of that. So that's one of the biggest things. Um, And then the other one is, I do have two. The second one is I'm not much of a very, very far future thinker in the sense of like, I I do want things now. I'm very short term. I would rather have it now than have it in a year. And, you know, it's funny. I was reflecting on the podcast creation and I'm sure you remember this, but I wanted to release in like November. 
<laughs> like November of 29 or 20, um, 20, I was like, let's release. We're ready. And Anwar was like, no, bro, we're not releasing in November. And I'm like, bro, yes, we are. What are we waiting for? <laughs> and I was so amped to just get this thing out. I was so excited. I'm like, well, we're withholding. We have the information. We are ready. All these, these counter arguments. And he's like, I disagree. I don't think we're ready. And so that transcended into what the year looked like, which was, what are we doing this for longer term? And can you commit to that? Can you commit to this longer term? And personally, as, as, a, as a man in my life, I have struggled with that idea of committing to some things in that capacity for career-wise long-term because it feels like it's not coming fast enough. I feel very impatient in a lot of areas. And so this really taught me to be patient with the process and to allow it to unfold slowly, but also to kind of, like we talk about consistently is adapt just constantly adapting to change, moving here, moving there, being open to that, not being super black and white and allowing the unfolding of something beautiful to take time for it not to be instantaneous, for it to be a, we'll call it a slow burn, but a really powerful torch-like slow burn, just allowing that to be. So that that's, that's for me what I really, really took, I think from this year um, is that, you know, the patience and what that will, what, what it takes really, truly what it takes. Patience. And, uh, it sounds like delayed gratification, right? Yes. Uh, Great word. Yeah. It's uh, that's, I mean, that's where we teach each other all the time, you know, different things, um, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of kind of just like arc, you, you talked about character over career. It's like, you know, there's so many, and I've always been one of those people who like, I would watch other people's character and see what I can take from somebody and, you know, what characteristics that I like about somebody. And, you know, as you kind of echoed that long-term vision, you know, for me, I, I've sometimes struggled with short-term execution, you know? Mm. And so, you know, being able to just stop thinking about stuff and do stuff, you know? So um, I think that we kind of actually balance each other out in that sense, because, you know, I could probably continue to push the date further out and you could, you're going to bring the date as close as possible. Right. So mm. I think that between the two of us, we find a, a good balance between strategy and execution. Um, and uh, I think that that definitely is um, one of the, one of the secrets to success in, in this process has been, you know, not being too strategic and not being too executed, like not just only mm -hmm. executing and not thinking about what we're doing. Um, I think having that balance between the two has definitely been a, um, a good, good secret sauce for us. So, um, and that definitely bleeds into, you know, the rest of your life. So. to kind of go back to what you were saying about you know one thing i don't want to skip over is uh the personal work i think that one mm -hmm. thing that people might take for they might not notice that we do is that by signing up to this space we essentially have to attack everything that's going on with us personally right this is not a sports podcast where you're just reacting to stuff you know this is not a a podcast where you know you're just you're taking pop culture and you know adding your personality to it you know it's like so and so did so and so so i'm gonna have my reaction like mm -hmm. our reactions are from us going internal and doing all this work inside which is like it's not easy you know it's not it's not easy to be addressing the elephants in your room and the skeletons in your closet all the time only to provide and add service to you know this audience so that personal work isn't just you know google searches it's like <laughs> google searches plus 
a massive, you know, whatever a, a Kyle searches or an Anwar right. searches, you know, you got to go into your archives and dig. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're, we're in a position of service, you know, so that personal work is, is a lot. So uh, we don't just practice. We don't just preach. We do practice what we try to preach. Yes, and, we do. Uh, and so that's definitely mm-hmm. something I think that was worth uh, uh, reiterating for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have had to walk the walk, my friends. We have absolutely had to walk the walk because we would not have been able to serve you in the way we did or be as honest if we didn't do that work. Uh, awesome. That's great. I love reflecting on this podcast. This is honestly one of the greatest things. So, well, let's move forward now though. Let's, let's kind of great, create new concepts. It's 2022. It's 2022. And I'm excited. Honestly, I woke up and I don't really love the idea of a new year. I think that like really your new year can start whenever you choose. If it's March 1st, if it's, if it's January, if it's September, like you can choose to shift your life at any point. I don't think we need the idea of a new year because really it's just more time passing. It doesn't, it's just the structural organization of a calendar that makes it a new year. But what I do love about this idea of new years is the energy that comes with it. I do believe that there is a lot of power there and then a lot of use for a new year. There's a lot of use for that, that period. And so I think that although I don't agree necessarily, um, I don't necessarily align. I do love that the energy that it brings, but what it does bring, we all know where I'm sure we have spent years and years and years talking about it is the idea of new year's resolutions, what that looks like. And do we even bother creating them? Because I think they've, they've gotten a pretty bad rap over the last, I mean, at least personally for me over the last few years, this idea of a resolution. And then some people are creating them and now we have words of the year and now we have goals instead of resolutions. There's so much that is coming into this space. And I guess for me, what I, what I would wanna know from your perspective, cause I think you always offer great insight, resolutions versus goals. Is there a difference? What even is a resolution? What, what, are, what, are your, what are your thoughts on a New Year's resolution? Or do you even have any? Have you created some? Maybe I'm coming in hot and just saying, I don't think Anwar has it because that's my, that's my thought. But maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know. You, yeah, I mean, you nailed the nail in the, on the head right off the hop. You know, I think people who believe in New Year's resolutions are the ones that are, are thinking too much uh, of this whole like calendar thing too, too literally. You're mm. too caught up in the structure of all these numbers mean and all this time passing means is just a way for us to time mark something. That's it. Mm. And I think the people that are like really gung-ho on New Year's resolutions are the ones that haven't understood that. Like you can, you know, you can change your life in March, right? You know, you can change your life in yeah. April, right? They only click into this idea of, you know, doing something about how they're feeling when the calendar turns. Um, and so I think, you know, the big difference between New Year's resolutions and goals for me is resolutions are the people that think of it too much of a calendar and goals are the people that think of it as energy, you know, like they're trying mm-hmm. to change their life now, whatever that time is, whenever it happens. Um, and so for me personally, resolutions and New Year's is really more of a reflective time than it is a goal setting time. You know, mm-hmm. I think that when the I see that, you know, 22, it naturally just makes me feel like, what did I do at 21? Mm. Um, and it makes me kind of reflect on 21 and it makes me reflect on how I set my goals and how I failed them or how I succeeded and the whole process, you know? Um, and naturally it just, like you said, the energy of setting new goals kicks in and you just want to start setting new goals, but I'm not eager to set new goals. Like Mm. I'm not, I don't just set goals because I'm like, Oh, the calendar has forced me to set goals, but the calendar does force me to reflect. 
Like yes. I can't, I can't avoid that. Like it doesn't matter. Once I see January 1st, 22, my body's immediately in like, what the hell happened to 21? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not one to say that I'm immediately trying to set goals again right away. Like mm-hmm. um, through healthy reflection though, I do come up with strategies that I'm like, all right, this is what I want to do now, you know? And then from yes. that, I will end up setting goals and stuff like that. So I think the energy naturally motivates me to like, you know, get back on the set, like, you know, like setting those new goals, revising, re- you know, revisiting, um, finding out the pros and cons of what went wrong. Um, but it's really more so like um, a reflective state for me. So uh, less of a goal setting state, but they kind of go hand in hand in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. And I knew uh, f- from your character that I kind of had a feeling that's kind of where you were going to go. And I, I aligned with it too. I think goal- goals are always more important. And I think it's, it's interesting that a lot of people come in with all of these like life-changing goals in January, as if the ones that you had in December just don't matter anymore. It's like, if you had a long-term three-month, six-month goal that, tr- that uh, carried over into the new year, none of that really mattered. You just altered it and created a new one. And so the inconsistency that a lot of times a new year date can create is counterintuitive. It doesn't actually support our growth in the development and the, the idea of, of it being a brand new year. But again, the energy is important. And I think, you know, what's funny about me is uh, I'm similar in the sense of it doesn't really necessarily prompt a heightened level of goal creation, but the reflectiveness of what did 2021 happen Um the question that we're going to ask at the end too, with, you know, imagine it was the end of the year type thing. Those kinds of questions create uh, direction. I think for that's what, that's the word that I, that I pinpointed the other day is that all of this is just creating direction. And that's the most important part. I think having a goal or having a resolution or whatever are great ideas, but are they creating a direction for you? Do they create direction? Is your character being directed in a certain way is your life and your relationships and your work and whatever that you're doing is, is our direction there direction. I think really saves a lot of our, of our time. A lot of our lives is, are we feeling directive in where we're going? So that's, what I've noticed. I spent some time putting together a huge compilation of questions. I wanted to ask myself about the year and then about the new year coming up. It's like, what do I want in each area of my life? How do I want it to be better? Uh, you know, it really does prompt some of those questions, which I think is beautiful. One thing though, if you think about it, new year's resolution, a resolution to me by definition says something's coming to an end. Like it's resolving. It's a resolution. You're trying to res- resolute something. And I'm not, I'm not doing a great job at describing it, but for me, it's, 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 it doesn't really feel like it's something that's moving forward. The idea of what the word resolution says, which I think why goals are more powerful goals are more empowering. and again, you can change your life at any point. So it doesn't have to be January 1st. If you want to wait till January 10th, because that's the two weeks of Monday into January, just do it then. I think there's so much more power in doing it when you want to, not when somebody else tells you you have to. And the intrinsic value really shows up when you don't do it based on something outside of yourself. Like not doing it because it's January 1st, because that's what you're supposed to do. That's somebody else telling you to do it. Do it when you want to do it. Don't do it on January 1st, if that's how you feel. If you're like, oh, it's January 1st, I have to do it. That should be your sign to not do it because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for something else that's outside of you. But uh, I am excited to create goals for 2022. I am excited to create goals for my life in this capacity and just have direction. So uh, I'm working off of that energy for sure. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, I think that to add to kind of what you're saying, we can kind of move on here. But um, I think goal setting is an active practice and should be you know considered and executed on more than once a year. True. You know? Yes. I think that if you really kind of want to move the needle in your life, it's about kind of tackling certain goals at certain times of the year having some of those land and be embodied and then, you know, tackling another one and moving on to another one. Right. Um, I don't set one of the things that, you know, and maybe we'll have a little, I'd like to hear kind of a little bit about how you set goals just real quick, just to maybe see if I can get some inspiration from you and how you do it differently than me. Um, but I don't really set very many goals that don't correlate to like a lifestyle that I'm trying to create. Right. So typically if I set a goal, I'm, I'm hoping that this goal becomes a lifestyle. You know, and for me, that's how I know I've, 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 I've graduated from that goal, you know, is that it's a part of my life. Take any, take any area, you know, I want to work out, you know, X amount of times. Once I do that and it's a part of my life, you know, those people who like work out and it's not even a thought, they're like, I don't have to think about working out. I just do this. Yes. Then it's not a goal anymore. It's a part of your lifestyle, right? Now it's like, go, go, what's the next thing that you're trying to incorporate into a lifestyle? Um, and so I don't really set really very many goals that are just like actually short term. Like they're mm-hmm. just like a very short goal that I'm not trying to, I focus on lifestyle goals more than just like, um, simple kind of like tick a box goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I, sometimes I'm, 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 I'm trying to, I'm using the same goal over and over and over again. I'm just getting closer to integrating into my lifestyle. And I got to rejig how I implemented it or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, the habit that I formed around it or, um, and so that's a big thing for me. How do you, or do you prioritize, does that land for you or you prioritize goal setting as more of a lifestyle thing? Or do you go like, I just want to get to 225 pounds on a bench and that's a goal. And then you hit it. And then you're like, you set a lot more like goals that just have like a target. You just hit it and then a uh, financial number, you hit it. And yeah. Yeah. I came to me. I was like, what is my answer to this question? And then, uh, and then it came to me because I talk about this with, with, uh, with Gabby, my partner all the time. I am someone who considers a goal or a project or whatever, a, a very much as a to-do list. That's just kind of how I see it. And as I say it more out loud, and as I conversate more about it, I realized the, the, disempowerment that comes with that because you never actually really feel good about doing it. It's just a to-do list. It's like a chore list during the, during the day off, go get the groceries, right? Go do the laundry, clean the house. Like none of that really necessarily feels overly good, but it's, you got it done. And that's kind of how I I see it. So if I set a goal or if I put a task in my to-do list or whatever, there isn't much of an emotional attachment to it. So there is no, there's not a lot of fulfillment coming from it. So if I, even if I do set a goal for the podcast, or for my business, it's still just something that I've done and completed. It's, it's just a completion. And then I set a new one. And then I set a new one. And it's, it, it, there's no like, I guess it really what that creates is a never ending to do list. Like the to do list doesn't stop. So there is, there is not a lot of like, well, it's back and forth. There's good parts about it because I get a lot of stuff done. And there's bad parts about it because there isn't necessarily a fulfillment there. And it can sometimes feel directionless. Sometimes because there isn't the emotional attachment there and because there isn't um, like a grander, there is always a grander vision, but the vision isn't necessarily always what's top of mind. It's just, what can I do? Can I complete more? Can I get more done? Can I get more done? That's really kind of how I operate. And that's a work in progress for sure. 
Uh, this year is going to teach me a lot about that because I have a lot of things on the go and I cannot think that way. So that's been how I have operated pretty much my entire life. And uh, I think 2022, what I learned from um, last year and now walking into this year is that that system's not working anymore and that it's not helping me in the process of creating the life that I do want to live. But um, that there in that statement says that I align deeply with the lifestyle goals. I would like to live a certain way. I don't necessarily require um, the doing to be perfect, but there is a specific way that I would like to live um, each day in and out. And that is what I feel the most pressure on is, are you fulfilling that destiny? Are you feeling fulfilling that narrative that you have for yourself, that this is the way you would like to live? Are you living that way? And trying to do so every single day. Because, um, you know, something from my past that I struggle with is... Um, just kind of pooling in some of the feelings that I would have about things over the overwhelm would be a big one or stress would be a big one. I would pool in that. I would live in it for too long and it would stop me from moving forward. And I felt like I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice to come out of that. And so this year, that's going to be a big focus for me is, is that choice of where, how do I want to live? And is that how I feel like I want to live on a daily basis feeling that way? Probably not. So just kind of re re adjusting that experience, but uh, that, that would basically say how I make and create goals is I throw them in my notes as a task, as a to-do list. And then I just kind of slowly get it done, but it is short-term. A lot of them are short-term. Um, they're today, they're tomorrow, they're next week. Um, they're not really six months, one month or, uh, one year. Um, I have vision for that time, but I don't necessarily have goal for that time. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because when you get to know somebody, you talk to somebody, it's, it, it does align with your character a little bit, right? Mm. Short, quick, get it done. You know, yeah. you're saying long-term goals, you know, lifestyle is more long-term oriented. You know, it's probably more five years, 10 years. Yeah. Um, it's a different way of thinking, right? So as you kind of evolve your style of thinking about things, the way you set goals will probably change. You know, mm -hmm. um, I know to, uh, I used to do goal setting uh, workshops and stuff with, uh, with individuals when I work, used to live in Australia. Mm -hmm. An opportunity to run a goal setting workshop and this is an area that i've been very passionate about for a long time and i would say that one of the reasons why i've been able to achieve the things that i've achieved is my you know my goal setting ability like my ability to now can i knock them down all the time that could probably use a little bit of work but my ability to think about how i want to live and what i want to how to mm. take a thought yes. and bring it into a actionable um concrete thing i'm very i'm very good at that very art. good at that yes but implementing it is hard sometimes executing it is hard sometimes taking the thought and bringing it into a concrete actionable goal is one thing knocking that down is a whole nother thing you know mm -hmm. so um and in this uh in in this I, I strive i realize that in this running these workshops some people really struggle to think about their life past six months past a year past five years um and uh, I always realized that it was really easy to think about 10 years, five years, and it gets harder the closer it gets to the date. So, mm -hmm. like, I just knew that my brain actually likes thinking about things in five years and all those kind of things. Um, but I'll share this one um, goal setting strategy that, you know, has worked for me, worked for a lot of people. Um, and people uh, have said that, you know, uh, they really enjoy this version of it. Um, and so some of the ways that I kind of set goals um, is this is my pure strategy. So around some time like this, 
New Year's. I love airplanes. Anytime I'm on an airplane, I'll do this. Um, you know, if I'm not, you know, interested in a show or anything like that. But typically on an airplane, I feel like this weird like disconnection from the world, and I'm like, oh, okay, let's just uh, let's just do this. No one needs me. I don't need anybody. Um, and so I, I basically, you have to define what your sections of life are. You know, you can, you can pick what those sections are. And, and for me, it's been, I've changed them around, but I've kind of landed on four concrete sections, which is health, family, finance, and personal. Those have kind of been my four sections. And so I'll just start by writing that, that title at the top of the page. And, you know, for health, for example, I would divide that into two subsections, my physical health and my mental health. Um, and then I would write family at the top, I'd write finance at the top, and I'd write personal at the top. And now when I write these subtopics at the top, the beginning of it is not to restrict my brain, it's to just let whatever comes to mind about that topic flow, you know. I just literally will write family at the top, and then I'll write everything I feel and think about my family, you know in bullet points, in sentences, literally, I'm going off of the feelings and the emotions. I'm not going off of stricting myself to thinking about something concrete. I'm just going mm -hmm. just write. I'll write my sister's name and write everything that I like, what's going good, what's going wrong, just write it all out. And then I'll just do it all. Once I'm done writing everything down, I consolidate all of those ideas into actionables, like what's bothering me on this page? You know, is it the fact that, you know, when I wrote health, I wrote mental health, I wrote this year, I struggled a lot with, you know, anxiety, right? If I think that that line comes off the page for me, let's see if I can attack that line with, by putting something in place to an actionable thing I can put in place mm -hmm. to implement it to my life to help me alleviate that concern. Physical health, you know, I, you know, I want to be stronger here or I'm, my knee still hurts or, you know, by writing freely, you just write very honest things, right? Like my knee still hurts. Okay, cool. Now I'll take that circle it and be like, knee still hurts. What can I do about this? So that I don't write this down on this piece of paper again next year. Um, and so I do that with every single page individually and I'll create actionables. I'll, I'll create as many actionables as possible from that list. Then at the very end, I go back to every single page. Some, some might have 10 actionables. Some might have four actionables. And I say, you're picking three. Mm. We're not out of these four pages. You're not going to be all of these things overnight. It's not going to work that way. Mm. So which ones are bothering you the most, you know? So I'll go back to the family page and like the seven actionable things. Um, and I typically think about it from like, you know, what's my biggest opportunities, how I think which ones will, which one I'll pick. And by mm -hmm. opportunity, I mean, which one is going to bring me closest to my ideal version of myself this year, mm. you know? I love uh, that. Ideal and so I'll, then I'll pick three and I'll be like, these are the ones I'm going to focus on. And then because I focus on goals to lifestyle, I know that when I graduate, like I won't, I won't give up on it and just be like, oh, this one sucks. I'm just going to go back to another one. I'm like, no, you identified that these are the three opportunities for you this year. And mm -hmm. so you're going to wrap your head around these three until it converts into a lifestyle. And once it's converted into a lifestyle and you've, you solve that challenge, then I go back for the rest. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll just go back for the rest and, you know, pull them out and tackle those ones uh, accordingly. Cause knee health, for example, if my knee is better, that one's done. Right. Like that's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a goal anymore. The knee is good. The knee is healthy. I've done everything possible to att attack that challenge. Um, and now it's like, cool, great. Good job. Now I'm never going to write this down on a piece of paper ever again. We're good. Correct. And then now let's go back for the rest, you know? And then, so I take that and you times that by three years, four years, five years, 
if you're if you're taking an emotion and how you're feeling about something, creating an actionable about it, and then transferring that into a lifestyle, I think that for me that's always worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I and I change my character changes, you know, because I'm I'm addressing not just things that are outside of me, but things that are inside me as well. Um, because I have that free brainstorming section before where I just write whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I've always kind of done it. So if you take anything from that, you know, I hope that that kind of helps. If you're like, oh, I don't know, I want to set goals, I just don't know how to set them. Yeah. Um, that's how I would go about it. Um, or I like try that, that too. At least because you can go back. Yeah, you can go back and you have like the 10 that you created, right? You have the 10, but you only focused on three. You finished one, which was the need because that was bothering you the most. All of a sudden, you do have the opportunity to go back and pick fourth and the fifth and the sixth one if you want. Uh, but, you know, that's the hilarity of New Year's. Everyone throws 10 at themselves um, and it, it doesn't get anything actually done, especially because there's not a lot of prioritization. Like you can do 10, but what's the what's the most important? What is the most important? Because that's where you're going to find the best results is knowing what's most important to you. So I love that concept. And I think centering it around the ideal self really hits for me. That was that was one of the parts that hit the most is, is are you living in that capacity? Are you focused on that? Are you trying to be that ideal self in all of these things? And you know, a knee might not feel like it's a character development, but it's your ideal self is someone who can move freely and openly and with uh, with power and can lift and all this. That's your ideal self. Uh, so I love that. I think that's great. And plane, yes, planes, woof, planes are the best place to do some work. There's nothing else but you and, and that damn tray. So uh, yeah, I love that. That's a great share. Thank you. So moving into reflection. We've talked about New Year's resolutions and goals. We're not going to go into some of the ones that we have for this new year quite yet. We're going to finish with that, but let's quickly reflect in a way that uh, provides a lot of power to our listeners. We're going to go into the first question, which I think everyone kind of does reflect on. So in 2021, a lot, a lot of big things happened. I know for me, a lot of big things happened. I don't know about yourself, but uh, this is one of my favorite questions. I didn't even realize I enjoyed until um, I got on a call recently about it, but what was your biggest accomplishment or milestone that you achieved or reached uh, in 2021? I like that. I like that. You know, you're really excited about this. Um, this was this was a hard question for me to answer, to be honest. Um, oh, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, it was uh, it was really hard to to find an accomplishment and a milestone in a year that I personally felt was just tough. Mm. Like. I don't, I don't close my eyes and there's no, and I really knew that that was true when, you know, you know, I, I went on TikTok and people got these like, you know, 2021 reflective, like recap videos. And there's all these stuff that people did. And I'm like, yeah, it couldn't have been me. That's not mm-hmm. how my year looked at all. Um, it was one obstacle after another, after another. Um, and even, even I, I like, you know, I think my fitness, my fitness goals were some of the, some of the areas that I felt the most proud about at one point. Um, but then a string of injuries has made that area feel like it's, I can't even be proud of that. Cause I'm like, I'm in more damage than I, I was before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got, I got an ankle issue now. I got an Achilles <laughs> issue now. And, you know, so it's like, it doesn't even feel like I can even be proud of that. Cause it's like, I'm, 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 I'm beat. I'm not, I'm not even, you know, I don't even feel good, but I do mm-hmm. think that how the consistency that I'm showing up to the gym was, you know, something that I was really proud of the, the day in day out, the not letting the work and like my, you know, the stress of life 
uh, derail my fitness opportunities, um, you know, showing up every single day and just at least going to that place, whether it was successful or not, whether I'm, I feel like my body's in more pain than not, I'm sitting a lot more than I've ever sat in my life. So I'm, I'm like, I'm suffering from lower back pain now, which mm-hmm. is just a new lifestyle adaptment that I've never had to deal with before. So, um, and then, you know, but I think, I think the answer that I'm going to go with, even though, even though it, it doesn't feel right as well is I had one of the better financial years of my life ever. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the, uh, one of my better years financially and just feeling a little bit more secure in like, you know, um, where my financial health is. Um, with that being said, it, the grind was brutal you know yeah. so, it's like, so it's hard to feel good about it because of like what you have to go through to get it you yeah. know what i mean so so for both of my i guess positives there's kind of this like lingering feeling of like you know negativity towards it but mm-hmm. um I think that, you know, I would say my fitness, uh, my overall fitness and my overall health is something that, I, you know, I, I would say it was an accomplishment. I think that I got stronger for sure this year as much as I got hurt. Um, mm. <laughs> and, uh, and and financially, I think that, you know, the the slug was, I guess, in a, in, in a way, rewarding. Um, mm. And so now it's a matter of just accepting and liking the grind a little bit better, maybe. Um, mm. And then maybe the, you know, the financial successes will feel a little bit more um, I don't even know what the word is. the word is a little bit more, maybe a little bit more gratitude towards the, some of the financial gains. Mm. Yeah, it'll feel more fulfilling for sure. I appreciate your honesty. I think that uh, you're not alone in this boat of reflecting on, especially some of these last tougher years where you haven't, a lot of people haven't really got the chance to experience all of life because of the restrictions and everything that's going on. And so it's made it really hard years. And, you know, truth be told, it's been harder on a lot of people so much so that, you know, we've lost a lot of people during this time, not due to sickness, not due to COVID because of the tumultuousness nature of these years. So they're not always going to be this idea of a highlight reel. And again, social media is just going to share that. I, I felt that pull too of like, oh, here's all of these moments that I can string together in this 30 second video to show you how great my year was. And it, it's just, it's all for show. Right. A lot of people had really, really, really hard years. And uh, I think that there's a lot of toxic positivity floating around right now that is not helping the nature of what the years might have been like for people. Um, and, you know, like I said, I was excited for this question, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have, I didn't have a tough year too. Um, but one thing that I do want to share um, outsider looking in, I think that the great way to actually see this question sometimes is if someone were to have watched your life in this year, what would they say has been your biggest wins and accomplishments? Because it takes yourself out of the equation and says, if they were watching, what would they think? What would somebody else think? And it just opens up the gateway for different ideas and different perspectives of like, you know, well, they'd probably think this and they'd probably think that just some of the ways in which we're blocking ourselves from, from the growth and the, uh, the success, but outside looking in for you, I, I do want to say that what I noticed and what I think is one of your biggest accomplishments is you took something that I said one time and you absolutely ran with it. And it was, if there is no, you, there is nothing else. And I know you've always loved that. And the way that I've seen that transpire into your life has been absolutely incredible, has been phenomenal for me to bear witness to is this idea of knowing that I can, I have all these things I want to do, but if I don't exist to the fullest extent, then none of it will matter. 
And you, I really think that you took a hold on that statement. And I'm not saying that's ownership by me because you're the one that put that into action. It's just so beautiful to bear witness to. So um, again, it's, it's been a tough year, but I think the focus on self in, in, in a, a very selfless, powerful way has been huge. And I've seen so much growth in that area. So I would say for me, again, outside looking in, that's what I would say is your biggest accomplishment of the year. And I appreciate that share. Thanks. Um, definitely. That was definitely something that, you know, you, you kind of catapulted and um, inspired me to focus on because of just that the time and place of when you said that was just really like, Oh, I did not care about myself at all. Like mm. I was just kind of doing for other people. And so right. I really have, I really have this year definitely focus a lot more on self-love and um, focusing on things that like, what do I like? you know, like stop doing so much things for am I wearing this shirt for someone else? Or am I wearing this shirt for me? Like, do I want to get my hair braided? Cause I want to get my hair braided. Screw it. I'm gonna get my hair braided. Like I'm gonna mm. grow my hair out. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And there has been some level of, you know, confidence has come from that uh, approach to life. Um, and so I definitely am not only just, I'm learning a lot more about, you know, what makes me tick and what makes me go, which is a, allowed me to serve better. Um, and so I appreciate that acknowledgement and that share for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so that answer your question. Uh, on the other side, what was my biggest achievement or milestone from the year? Uh, I do like to see it more in terms of how did I develop as a person? Um, but I do understand the importance of acknowledging the actual achievements that I did have. And I think the biggest one that I, re I reflect on, and I just, it really caught me off guard when it happened, because again, it was a representation of my character and not my credentials, was being offered the opportunity to co-facilitate a program for young men in helping them develop into healthy masculine men. I, I never saw myself in that position. I, I knew we were doing a podcast about masculinity. I knew I was going to be coaching adults, but I never saw my impact reaching the youth. Youth was never a focus for me. And when that opportunity came to me, it was really a great representation of who I am and who I'm representing myself as, and who I am becoming. And it really, it came off the back of a really tough year of personal development and a really hard year of facing myself as, as who I am as a man and my masculine journey. And uh, it, it just spoke to my character so much. And I think working and or sorry, not working, being able to acknowledge that something has arrived in your life because of the character that you've built, because of the focus on self, honestly, I think is the most fulfilling thing uh, that I could ask for in my life uh, instead of it being based off of some sort of credential. I guess you could call my uh, character development the credential in a way, but it wasn't something that I was preaching like out loud of like, I am this and this, and I feel good about this because it sounds super conceited. But if I were to tell you that I've accomplished this, this, and this, and done this and done that, then it makes me feel like, oh, okay, now I've proven myself, but I proved myself by just being me. And that opportunity landed in my lap without even me asking for it. So that was my biggest accomplishment and win. And we did such a great job with the youth. It was such an incredible program. Uh, and I'm hoping that it runs again this year uh, because it was so impactful for those young men. So and that's, that's my biggest accomplishment. I remember, I remember the, 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 the opportunity coming and the, you taking it and all of those things and our conversations about how we thought we would talk to the youth. And, yes. you know, I think that your, your influence there on, um, being able to kind of step into that space and say, Hey, you know, I do appreciate how you guys want to go about this, but I think that here's, here's some other ways that we could do this as well. I think that that was a cool 
uh, cool experience for you and and just you know a very very fulfilling and rewarding experience especially because I think the youth I think the youth are you know we as adults are going through a lot right now so think about what a child is going through you know Honestly. um when they don't even know what they're navigating they don't they they, they don't even know what the world is you know mm-hmm. so we're just trying to get back to the world that we love and we know these kids are trying to formulate thoughts about how they think about the world in this capacity you know so um i really like i really like that you got to challenge yourself in that way so great i appreciate you for sharing that it's awesome absolutely absolutely the next question that we have uh to reflect on 2021 uh what was your biggest challenge what was your biggest challenge from the year what gave you the hardest time if you will (laughs) i think my biggest challenge this year was definitely probably my mental health Mm, i think i think my mental health is probably my biggest challenge uh, and when I think when I think of challenge, it's like it, it's something that you wake up every day and it's on your mind. You're like yeah. trying to fight it. You're trying to you're trying to recorrect it. You're trying to find a way to like spin it into a positive. And I just felt like every day was just a different level of a mental fatigue, mental mm-hmm. battle, mental. Um, I've never had to use my brain this much, you know, because usually my I'm trying to I'm using my mental health or my mental strength to tell my body to do something, you know. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, needing your mental strength and your mental mindset to help your help you learn something or help your your mind as well. Mm-hmm. It just was a very overwhelming experience. I think that you know, um, I found myself negotiating with myself a lot this year between like this or that. Uh, you know, you know, um, doubting myself, overthinking, not trusting the process, and it cost me a lot of energy. Um, it cost me a lot of energy that um, I wasn't necessarily able to restore. Um, I think that I struggled recharging my own batteries because I felt like, you know, I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing enough, enough of a good job building memories and living a life, you know, as much as I was just like, you know, showing up every single day and draining the battery, like what's refilling the battery, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that my mental health is definitely my biggest challenge this year, but in saying that, I think that I've really, I tapped into a different level of resiliency. I tapped into a different level of, um, understanding how to, um, overcome, um, and so I often get, you know, confused when people ask me, like, how are you doing? Like, you know, how was your year? or How was your thing going? Because um, it's really, really like this whole year has been me writing my hand, with my right, writing with my left hand. Mm. So it's hard to answer when someone is like, how are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm definitely writing my name better now, <laughs> but it's still my left hand. <laughs> like, It's still not my dominant hand. It still doesn't feel as good as my, my great hand. But I guarantee you that how I'm writing my name right now is way better than how I, when the first time I picked up a pen with my left hand. Right. But it just doesn't feel as good as my right hand. And so um, I'm supposed to find the optimism in the fact that, you know, you can at least write something now with your left hand versus before when you couldn't write anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that level of optimism is um, I haven't been able to like accept that because I've been so desperately trying to get this left hand to feel like my right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not honoring the journey. That's not honoring the process. And that is uh, that mentally is why you get into a negative, negative spiral. If every day you're waking up, you're like, you better be like my right hand today. And then you write and you're like, this is still my left hand. Um, that's been the biggest challenge for me is just like accepting that I'm on a completely different trajectory. You know, when they say that to, uh, to, 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 to get something that you've never gone, you got to become someone you've never become. Mm-hmm. I'm in that. And I'm judging the hell out of myself for mm-hmm. something I've never done before. Um, I'm becoming someone I've never been ever. And so 
that process has been grueling, unforgiving. Um, and just like every day, it, it, you just look at yourself, you look at the work and you're like, Ugh, that's so useless. <laughs> what is what is that? You, yeah. you say your name because I can't read that. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> um, uh, that's a good one. I appreciate you sharing that. I think that uh, as men in this world, admitting that our mental health was a challenge through the years is difficult. I think it's becoming more normalized um, and it's beautiful to see, but it is still a challenge uh, to admit that it was a challenge. It's, we're supposed to have it figured out. We're not supposed to struggle in that area. So it's so beautiful to hear somebody share that and to be open to sharing that. And I think that's a testament to all the work that you're doing and all the work that we do in this space is just being at the forefront of everything that we can. And it, it does actually trend, uh, uh, trends in towards mine as well. The biggest challenge was uh, just facing myself every day. I think that was one of the hardest parts about uh, and continues to be one of the hardest parts about this pandemic and about this quarantine and about this lockdowns and all and this sickness is, is that, I just feel like I'm constantly being faced with myself. Like, I, I feel like there's a, there's a mirror that walks around that's attached to my head and it's just, it's facing me and it's always there. Cause I have so much time with myself, right. Whether I'm working or not, like people working from home, that gets so much harder because you're in your own space. So you're still faced with yourself. Should I clean that? Should I, should I organize that? Should I work on that? Should I read that book? That's always, like, there's no separation a lot of the time. So that was one of the things that was hard. That was a challenge for me is that, uh, uh, everything was at home for the most part. Everything was at home. It was, it was the workouts. It was the, the food. It was uh, the downtime, the uptime. Everything was at home. So you're always faced with the opportunity to do more and to be more uh, and to act on more and to complete more actionables. And uh, it just felt like it was exhausting uh, and it was a constant challenge. And so it, it taught me a lot about myself for sure, which was a beautiful outcome, but it was, it was a challenge for sure. And that transpires into mental health. Absolutely. It, it definitely takes a toll because you fall into the trap of I'm not doing enough all the time. And it's like, what is even doing enough? What's the answer to that question? So that was my biggest challenge for sure. And um, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, I was just going to say, you bring such a good point too. And I just had a reflective moment. It's, you know, something that I didn't like about, you know, the, the dating online thing, for example, was the fact that like, we do such a good job of learning about somebody without having to ask them a direct question. Mm. Right. When you start seeing somebody, how they interact with the, the cashier lady, you take note of that. How, when they answer the phone and they're talking to their parents, you take note of that. When their friend calls, how they respond, you take note of that. All of that tells you about a person, Right online dating has become this thing where it's like, I only know about you what I directly ask about you. There isn't like learning, like there isn't learning other things. Like I can't learn on the fly. It's just like, I have to ask you a direct question. You have to give me a direct answer. Mm -hmm. And typically it's easier to say what you, what you want to be versus do what you are, you know? And so I'm reflecting this back into this working from home and living at home. You're constantly just faced with your old mindset from the day before. It's your mm. thoughts versus your thoughts. There's nothing coming in here and injecting a, a new perspective on how to go about things. When you're in the office, I might react a certain way to a certain thing and then look at somebody else react to a certain, the same thing completely differently and be like, oh, what the hell? Why am, I, why am I taking it so personal? That person just took it not personal, mm. right? But when you say this mirror versus you, it's, it's, it's so sometimes tough if you're not the person who 
um, is already doing it correctly. If you're holding up a mirror against you and you're doing things the way it's supposed to be done, then it's fantastic. Then that little work from home environment is fantastic for you. But if you're somebody who is like, you need a perspective switch, but it has to come from you and there's no other influence to that. You wake up, you're in the same desk in the same chair with yesterday's negativity. You have to now cultivate a positive thing. You got to now change the way you look at something all on your own. That's exhausting. That is such an exhausting place. And because our brains, like look at food reviews, there's, it's, it's literally statistically known that someone will take the time to write a negative review, but will not take the time to write a positive review. Our brains are wired like that. So if you're just in your office, always looking at how things went wrong, always thinking, always looking at how it, you know, it didn't go your way. And there's nothing there to combat that energy with a different level of perspective or anything like that. You can see how the negative spiral just goes out of control, you know? So, um, and that also, you know, is one of the reasons why for me, I've noticed that like I've, I've kind of navigate through in a room by watching other people respond to things and ad- adopting it. And the last year has been me versus me, yeah. my thoughts versus my thoughts. And it wasn't a successful year. Like I had to, I had to really, really look at myself in the mirror and go, you need to learn how to think about stuff differently. And mm-hmm. like, you have to like, Take that way you thought about it, throw it in the garbage. New, you have to comp- do it the opposite way of how you were going to do it before. Um, and there's just been less coaches around. And not having a social life has contributed to that, I think, um, in a big way. So well said. So well said. And I think what that all leads into is, is this next question we have so beautifully. Uh, and maybe you've already said it, so maybe it might just be repeating. But you know, the biggest challenge, I think, is separate to what was the hardest lesson that you had to learn. And so I, I phrase that, I frame that question towards you uh, is what was the hardest lesson that you felt you had to learn in 2021? I'm gonna throw it back at you. What do you think your hardest lesson was? Mm. Something that came to light for me um, at the end of the year uh, or close to the end of the year was the hardest lesson that I think that I had to learn. And it still is something that I'm going to really have to work on in this year and in my future is I didn't recognize until it was mirrored back to me that I have the tendency to take a concept, implement it, and then feel better than other people because of it. It's a very self-righteous way of thinking. And it is a very conceited way of thinking. And I didn't realize I was doing it. And, and, you know, I, I always considered myself to be a humble person. I think that I like that concept of being humble and not overly braggadocious, if you will. And I wasn't, but if someone were to prompt an opportunity for me to share that aspect of my life, um, I would definitely want to, or I would sneak it in. For example, uh, in January of 2021, I went full, I committed to being fully vegan. Okay. Uh, I said, you know, I, I'm on this rocker, this weird scenario where I'm still having cheese and I'm not really fully vegan and it feels wrong. So I'm just going to commit to being fully vegan. So I did. Now, this is a completely different area of, of the world in and of itself. I think veganism is very fascinating. I'm going to go as far as saying religion uh, because of the way that it's organized and the way that it's spoken about. And I didn't realize that I was taking part because I wasn't telling anyone I was vegan unless if they asked, but there would be little moments where someone would be like, Oh, like, Hey, like, do you want, you know, a bite of this? Do you want to try this? And I'd be like, Oh no, I can't. I'm vegan. 
as, as if like it made me better, like you're eating shit and I'm not. And I would drop those little lines here and there. And a lot of the time I would be very naive to the repercussions of said choice. Um, and you'll probably laugh because, uh, you know, I've talked about this vegan journey with you a bit and, and I've, I've boasted about it and said that, you know, everyone should do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell everyone that I'm not vegan anymore. Uh, I haven't been vegan now for, I think, seven weeks. Um, we're pushing now almost two months. And the biggest reason that I stopped was because I realized that exact thing is that I was living in this world where I felt like I was better than other people because I was said thing. And I, I wanted to challenge that. And so that's why I made that one of the biggest reasons why I made that change. But coming back to the question is what was the hardest lesson that I had to learn? It was that I was doing that. It was that I was actually being self-righteous in my ways, in the choices that I had made, in my lifestyle, in you know being someone who focuses on health and doesn't doesn't drink and doesn't do drugs and all that. Like I was very self-righteous in those ways, uh, and that it, it just I never wanted it to be that way. So I fought so hard to not. And I ended up doing it anyway. Um, and, and so it was just a really fascinating lesson for me to learn and to reflect on and to move forward with is how do I adopt something that means a lot to me and not do it in a self-righteous way, not do it in a way that it, uh, explaining it to other people that it makes me sound better. How do I just give them the option, share what I'm doing and just end it instead of, instead of trying to implement it into other people's lives and ensure that it's the right way. You know, this idea of right way or wrong way, uh, that's what really self-right just kind of lands on. So that was my hardest lesson is realizing that about my character in the past. It's hard, right? It's hard to reflect and be like, whoa, for your entire adulthood, you've had this mindset. You've had this mindset. This is how you've spoken about things. And you never saw that. As self-aware as you claim yourself to be, you never caught that. And then it just opened up this portal to be like, holy shit holy shit, you do it everywhere and you don't even know it. And it's hard to, it's hard to face yourself in that capacity. I mean, that's super honest. <laughs> that is extremely honest. And it, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it just shows all the work that you've done with, you know, uh, managing that ego, you know, managing ego, ego work, um, you know, understanding where your ego is showing up, where it's showing up a little bit too much and um, where not necessarily even, you know, ego is a bit of it, the conversation, but I think even an another part is like, you're taking on things as a way to flex on people. You know, you're, you're, you're engaging in certain ways of living life as a way to lift yourself up, you know, mm -hmm. and put yourself, put yourself, which is probably just a way of you trying to showcase, you know, wanting to feel like enough, wanting to feel, like, I must be good because I do this. I must be, you know, uh, which is just an interesting way of adopting goals. And I think a lot of us do that. You know, a lot of us take on goals. A lot of us do things that, you know, don't necessarily align with us personally. Uh, but we do it because it elevates our our status in the world based mm -hmm. on how society wants you to live. I and mean, based yeah. on what society thinks is cool, uh, right. whether it be a fad or a trend or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, that is a, that's, that's, that's a very, very honest and vulnerable share. So um, definitely curious to see how that kind of, kind of fate. And then the other thing too, is that it goes, how do you go from, you know, how do you transition from being a vegan and doing that for all the self-righteous reasons? And then now having to admit that you're not 
right? Like, what does that say to all those people that you tormented along the way, you know, because <laughs> the way you show up, and this is the thing that I often find in these spaces is it's hard for that person to one, make a decision that they want for themselves. Cause now they're too committed to this thing that they were like so self-righteous about that. It's hard to go mm-hmm. back. It's like, God damn, I, can I even stomach facing these people after the way I've acted towards them? Um, but if you're you not to admit that you're wrong, you can't admit that you're wrong. No way. The humility is too hard. Right. So it's like, it's a good example of like, if you're going to be vegan, it's like, do it for yourself. And, you know, if you do change your mind, you will feel less judgment from other people because it's like you did it for yourself in the first place and you weren't shoving that down our throat. So if you're changing now, that change is easier as well, you know, um, versus I've been one of those people sometimes too, where I, you go a bit too headstrong into something and then now you got to yeah. back out and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have gone so fast. 100%. Um, Same patience thing for sure. Uh, my, I guess, biggest lesson um, or hardest, uh, hardest, hardest lesson. lesson that I learned was, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but, you know, the idea that like, you can't run really fast if you're caring too much. Mm. Um, I'm trying to get over there, but I'm also carrying way too much baggage on me. Like, mm. the, I got the pressure, I, 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 and it's, it might be self-pressure. It might be, you know, whatever the case may be, environmental pressure. Um, however you want to kind of summarize it, but like, it's just a recipe of disaster when you're trying to run as fast as possible, but you're carrying so much, you know, it's like, I'm not really getting that far, but I am exhausted. Um, and I think that like, I could improve my distance and my speed by just putting some of this stuff down, you know, mm. and just accepting that I'm, I'm only, a, I'm only a man. I'm only one individual, um, do I have big goals and aspirations? Yes. Do I have things that I want to achieve? Yes. But I can't carry that with me every single day. I got to mm-hmm. kind of set those goals, set those dreams and like, let the universe do that work, you know, and, and just, and just carry what I can carry, you know, and run with that. Uh, and, and, and then from the strength of, you know, carrying something that's manageable for me and getting somewhere quickly and fast, maybe taking on a little bit more and maybe taking on a little bit more and maybe taking on a little bit more. And, you know, soon enough, I'm carrying that towards you know, the burden that I wanted to carry in the first place, but I've done it through a process of scaling instead mm-hmm. of just like getting to the end and being like, it's okay. I will carry all of this. Yes. Um, I'm a man. I'm a man. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, for me, that's been the biggest lesson is just like, you know, an example of that is, you know, reframing this idea of, you know, everyone's got this dream of buying their mom a house and whatever the case may be. But if you show up every single day and that's like the torture you're holding, there's a long gap between you and that thing happening, you know? And so, and and I've just noticed that adversity isn't fueling me as much as it used to, you know, when I was younger, when I was 18, my story and like the, the overcoming the hurdle was like attractive to me and it worked. It was like, yeah, I'll be mm-hmm. this, I'll be that. And I kind of plowed through those like 10 years, you know, I plowed through like 18 all the way to like 25, 26. And it worked like mm-hmm. that mentality that like that adversity, that chip on my shoulder was working. It's not working anymore. Mm. It's not fueling me the same way it fueled me because it's just not, it's not as complete. It's like trying to, I think what it, you know, a good friend of mine, um, she said, uh, you can get you can get far with negative reinforcement, you know, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. but you can only get so far 
then at some point you need positive reinforcements. You need support. You need cheerleaders. You need like, Hey, like you're doing a great job. You know, it's not every day you take that, like that anger from the loss and you channel it and you like perform well the next day you Mm -hmm. do that enough times over and over and over again, your body's like, buddy, we've done this song and dance before. Like we can't just be mad and then happy again, mad and then happy again. It's like, I need a new energy source. Uh, and so that's something that I have to like figure out what is that going to be? Uh, I need to find a way to motivate myself with optimism um, mm-hmm. instead of, of, you know, looking at my circumstances and looking at, you know, the pessimistic way, the easy way of just being like, all right, well, we're poor, so we're going to be rich, you know, like, how do I find a way to motivate myself with optimism and positive reinforcement and, um, you know, good energy, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out is I've done such a, I've done it one way for so long, I use negativity to get to where I was going to get to, um, or my negative circumstances to, you know, rewrite the wrongs and all of that. And um, it's gone me this far, but the writings on the wall now it's not it's not working like that's not fueling me anymore because you can't use if your mental health is declining someone who's struggling with his you know with with the mental challenges isn't going to be able to take a negative thing and spin it into a positive you're already in the gutter mm-hmm. so it's not gonna you need positivity you know you need encouragement you need support so um that's been my biggest lesson is you know reshifting and figuring out you know how can i put down uh, some of the stuff that i'm holding only to kind of get further and get faster to you know where i'm trying to head to so I love that. This is the power of reflection, right? Like how much more comes out of it just by willing to have conversation around it and being open to that idea. I think when I started to just write down all of these questions, it was all like, yes, like these are all great questions. And then all of a sudden I had like 1500 thoughts of all of the things and just really blew me away. So I think that a lot of times what I've recognized is that men, including myself, are not big reflectors. We're more forward thinkers. We want to do what's next. We want to accomplish and reflecting and, and going backwards doesn't seem like it's worth our time. So I think that's why I, I'm so grateful for episodes like this is the idea of just knowing how much you learned from yourself in the last year. Um, but in the spirit of going forward, something that we enjoy the most, uh, I, let's let's pretend like we're fast forwarding real aggressively. All right, so here's the final question of the, of the episode. We're fast forwarding and now all of a sudden we are living in a world um, and it's, it's the end of 2022. So a full year has passed. We're already in advance. It's December 31st, 2022. And we're doing this again. We're in this exact same position where it's the end of the year. New Year's is about to happen. And we're reflecting on all of the things that happened in 2022. And I think this question has so much power to it. Imagine that you're in that position and you're reflecting. What do you want to be able to say that you accomplished or that you became? I want to be able to say, you know, next year um, around this time that I was able to find continuity between who I am and what I am, Mm. Um, who I am and what I do uh, is a better way to put it. You know, Mm. I think that you've also phrased it in a different way um, in one of the episodes is, you know, how can, how can I, you know, be more and not just do more, you know, the being versus the doing, I think that finding the continuity, because obviously you need to do both in life, you got to do stuff. Of course. Uh, 
and then there's your character and who you are, right? Um, and I think that I've compromised who I am for what I do for, you know, the last year. It's, it's, a, it's a learning curve. It's a figuring it out. So I think for me, what I want to be proud of is saying that I was able to find the continuity between the two uh, and I'm able to kind of do them simultaneously and there's more balance within it. You know, who I am is fueling what I do and what I do is fueling who I am um, versus thinking about them as like two different Anwars, you know, um, and looking at one of them being like, hey, I know that's who you are, but you don't have space right now. We're just, this is the version that we're going to show to the world. Um, so for me, that's my, one of my biggest goals is finding that continuity. And then um, the second thing I would say is just changing my outlook and my mindset from like a pessimistic one to an optimistic one. I think that um, I have optimism, but it's negative optimism. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it comes from a place of just like, I've done so much. I deserve so much, you know, mm-hmm. like, I look at how much I've sacrificed. How can I not, how can this not happen? You know? Um, and so I think that that is, uh, it's really been amplified by COVID, right? Our ability to see the bad and everything and not the good. Um, it's, it's just, there's this natural everyday bad news, bad news, bad news. Yeah. And I think our brains are just wired now to just think pessimistically and leverage pessimism. And, um, and so I just really want to see how I can be actively thinking about myself and be like, Ooh, there's that pessimistic mindset again, you know, and then make a shift, make a shift, make a shift, make aware, make a shift. Um, so those are the two biggest things is, you know, continuity between what I do and who I am and shifting a little bit more from a pessimistic mindset to a more optimistic mindset about just life in general. So. Mm. Wow. That was great. That's huge. I think that that would be such a, a beautiful space to be in. And, I, and it speaks so much to what we try to support men in doing in this space is uh, getting away from the idea that you have to do a specific thing that isn't true to you um, just to, just because it, it gives you some sort of, you know, likely financial gain or uh, societally ranked gain. Um, is it true to who you are? And I'm so honored to be able to bear witness to that this year, that journey of, of the continuity that's going to be exciting. Uh, and then for me, the, you know, this has, uh, has been a tough question. Um, again, this is a question that forces me to go forward and forces me to think a longer term than shorter term. And it is a challenge. I can feel the resistance in my body and not knowing what this answer might be. And also wanting it to be perfect, wanting it to be an incredible answer. So I can feel a lot of pressure on myself to place uh, or to answer this question appropriately. But uh, what do I want to be able to say I want to accomplish? Uh, what that question prompts for me is the idea that I need something um, to fulfill the year. Like I need something outside of myself to fulfill my, my journey, to fulfill my worth, to fulfill the value I hold in this world. Uh, and a lot of things come to my mind in that context, you know, obviously I want uh, to be more financially free and I want to be living a different lifestyle. And I want all of these things. And I would love to say that they would happen at the end of this year, but I think for me, what does ring true to me, and I truly didn't want to repeat it, but it was just continuing to uh, focus on my character in every capacity and being open to the idea that my character can change and being open to the idea that my identity can change and knowing that who I walked into the year with um, into 2022 is not who I'm walking out with and that I let pieces of me die. I let old versions of me die. I allowed the opportunity for new versions of me to be reborn. And I didn't hold on with a, a white knuckled grip 
to old ideologies and old belief systems and old patterns of being. Um, I really want to be able to say at the end of the year that I changed more than I've ever changed in this year because I, I decided that I was going to stay open and that I decided that I was going to be uh, somebody who could shift in whatever way that felt true and that the identity is not going to be something that holds me back from the opportunity, the opportunities that the world might have for me, um, big or small. Um, I think that would be my answer. Yeah. Solid chair. Reflective, forward thinking, so much power. Uh, and, you know, I just really want to thank you for all of your honesty and for an incredible year. Uh, you know, it's something that we haven't really uh, addressed too much, but I'll do it in the public podcast is, is thank you for an incredible year. Like you said earlier, I've learned so much from you uh, as, as you have from me. And, and I'm so honored to be able to sit here in another year uh, in 2023 and be able to do this exact pretty much episode again. Uh, and just reflecting on all of the things that we're already talking about now. So uh, there's so much coming for us in the future. And I'm grateful that I get to do with you. Likewise, my brother, I appreciate the, the, the space. Uh, I think that this, it's, it's, we don't really even notice how much this space is changing us, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis because we're just in it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a part of what we're doing, um, but we don't really realize like the mental shift, um, and how we're showing up for our significant others and our families and, um, you know, our, our personal life. So I do, do, I do thank you for, you know, helping me become the better man uh, that I'm trying to become. And, um, I think that in a, in a big way too, this podcast is, um, giving us accountability, uh, and it's giving us opportunities to manifest things, right? We're speaking things into existence. We're addressing, I've said out loud now to somebody, I'm going to create continuity between blank and blank. Mm. Now that, that just, that just puts a different energy into the world, you know? And so yes. having a place where, you know, not only we can set personal goals and have all these different things, but to actually have a soundboard and to know I'm going to revisit this conversation a year from now, like it puts a different energy into the world. So, you know, I'm just grateful for the ability um, to have, you know, uh, someone who can hold me accountable. I can, you know, put things out into the universe and, um, you know, uh, make them happen. And um, one thing that I, uh, I heard recently someone say, and I was like, you know what, that's, that's very well put is, um, you know, it was a religious person being asked about prayer. Uh, and he basically was like, prayer is only half the equation, you got to pray and then go get what you prayed for. Uh, and I, I really resonated with that. It's, you know, goal setting is one thing, putting something down on a piece of paper is one thing, but then you got to go and get it. You know, you got to go and make it happen, you know, and um, and when you put those two things together, when you can combine faith, prayer and, you know, undivided, um, unwavering uh, commitment to the things that, you know, you say you want to do and then you go after them, then you give yourself the best chance to get them, you know, but just saying it doesn't do nothing um, uh, and just doing it and not being hopeful about it doesn't do nothing either. So you got to find a way to combine the two. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. 
You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.